Welcome to the Dewhawk Digest, the podcast for all things Loris College. In this episode, we will discuss the Loris Honors Program and look at the senior honors projects for the current academic year. I'm Robert Waterbury, Assistant Director of Campus Communications. Joining me is Aaron Van Leningham, Director of the Honors Program and Associate Professor of English. Welcome to the Duhog Digest. Thanks for having me. How are things? How are things going for you during uh, the uh, the pandemic closure and everything? Well, I really, <laughs> I really miss the students. I miss the daily interaction and dialogue and enthusiasm on campus. Um, I will say everybody's risen to the challenge and people have adapted really well, especially. The students in the honors program, they're really continuing to work on their projects and turn in really great work. Great. So, well, for anyone not familiar, kind of give me a, an overview. What is the Loris Honors Program? So the Loris Honors Program is a four-year program, academic program at the college. It um, starts with around 40 students in a cohort. So you come in with a class of around 40. You take your first year seminars together and build a community um, of friends. I think many students would say they meet their, a lot of their lifelong friends there. And then um, their sophomore through senior years, students choose to work on a, a community-based research project in groups. So about four to six students get together around a common interest or a common issue, a problem that they see maybe needs some um, attention in the community. And along with a faculty mentor, they work together to listen and learn from community partners and collaborate to affect change and to create a solution to that problem. Um, the program goes with any major, and it, uh, we have about 40% of our honor students are student athletes. Students study abroad when they're in the program, so it's a very flexible academic program, but it gives a lot of really interesting experiences and extensions to their um, main academic experience at Loris. Okay, so, well, so they come in as freshmen. Who is eligible to take part in the program? Um, so students can apply if they have um, um, uh, good uh, certain test scores and GPA. So typically we look at a 3.5 and above for a GPA and a 26 ACT. We do look at holistic um, kind of concerns and, um, you know, if students are in a bubble of some kind, we will review those applications. But anybody applying to Loris College is um, eligible to apply. Okay, and is there a certain number of students who are admitted, or is, is it capped um, at a certain point? We, we do a rolling admissions and um, a rolling admission process once um, we have our sort of open applications in the fall, and typically we will enroll 40, 40 students. Okay, so you kind of gave a little hint of what that what the whole program is. So for a first year coming in, I would say they go into cohorts. What do they do? So they have different things that they actually work on for that first year? Uh, the first year, they actually, their, their experience is 
very similar to every other first year student at Loris College. So they would be in their engaging differences class and engaging communities classes together. They're not working on projects yet. They are exploring topics potentially um, for their next year in the program. But the first year is really a place to get their feet wet at Loris, um, you know, build community within the honors program, but also in all of the other experiences that they're going to have. Um, so as a first year, they probably would not uh, notice much of a difference, but okay. it's the second year when they launch their projects. Okay. Well, and let's look at those projects then. So they, they get that year and then they pick a project. How, do, how does that come? What's the process for picking the right project for them? Yeah, that's a really dynamic uh, few class periods. We have honor seminar once a week and uh, for those sophomore through senior years. And really students just start by brainstorming topics and ideas and things that they have been interested in. So we will just start generating in groups, all different ideas. And then at the same time, I invite faculty to submit project ideas, and those can be wide-ranging. They can relate to faculty research areas. They can relate to maybe personal passions or interests that faculty have. And then we generate a list, and students prioritize their top three or four projects. And an important piece of the process is that these are interdisciplinary groups. So students will be in a group with students who are not in their same major. So we'll have an English major, a business major, a biology major, um, a kinesiology major, a Spanish major, all in the same group. And the idea there is that they're all going to bring their um, talents, skills, strengths to the project. Also, their differing ways of looking at a problem, being able to analyze and um, deeply and critically think about the topic. So that's where the honors program really extends learning for students. Um, it will help them kind of think outside of their major, outside of the box, gives them an opportunity to work on something that they might not otherwise have worked on. Okay, and then they also then each group that is connected to a, a mentor, a faculty mentor. Obviously, if it's if it's a project that a faculty submitted, that's a pretty obvious fit. Mm -hmm. If it's something that they kind of come to a topic on their own, how do you then connect them to the correct faculty member? So I yeah, I do a call to the faculty every year. This is my seventh year directing the program, and I will say our faculty have always shown great interest and commitment and enthusiasm. I've always had more people volunteer to be mentors than I have had projects. Um, so I will oftentimes uh, reach out to a faculty member and say, here are the few projects that students are interested in. Do you have um, you know interest in any of these and you know, faculty kind of will self-select in that way. Um, and it's great because, again, this connects people across disciplines. If we Faculty get to work with students that they might not otherwise have had the opportunity to get to know. And, um, and there's a different kind of relationship that's built between a mentor and a group over three years than you can cultivate uh, with students in a semester. Um, I've just seen a lot of really, really inspiring and, and great collaboration between faculty and students through this program. Okay. So they go through the, the, the 
four-year process of you know experience of being honor students and they, they work on their projects what is the what's the end result then for these projects other than yeah, obviously, whatever it is, they, they, they go and proceed. How do they then share their work and show off all the, all the great things that they've done? Yeah, that's a challenge. Um, that, so each year, we have something at Loras College called the Legacy Symposium. And um, so that's a, a research day where we celebrate student research and creative accomplishment and service work. And so uh, students will present at the Legacy Symposium each spring. Sophomores present the sort of, you know, um, introductory level pieces of their project and seniors are presenting the full um, overview. But there's also other ways that students share knowledge along the way. They sometimes um, have been profiled in um, our local newspaper or DeLorean or LCTV. They've um, been sometimes tapped by even national media organizations. Last year, we had a project that helped bring a new planetarium projector to the Loris Planetarium, and our students were interviewed on podcast and all sorts of other um, news organizations came. So that was that's a way that they're sharing their knowledge. They also are meeting with neighborhood groups they're writing grants, they are um, speaking with concerned citizens. We had a group that presented to city council. So there are lots of ways that students share information um, and share their research. The program is really built on um, research touching ground. Uh, it's meant to get students out of the classroom to take that deep learning and extend it um, into communities. And so whatever the community needs, that's where they're going to share the knowledge. Okay, and really expand on the experiential learning component of being a Laura student. Yeah, yeah, the experiential part is the other important piece of research. And there are many faculty and staff colleagues that come into the honor seminar um, every semester and teach students about how to inter interact um, with community partners, how to um, learn and grow in their knowledge of cultural competency, working with diverse populations, understanding blind spots. Um, so those kinds of educational experiences for students are ways that they grow too as learners, not just intellectual, but also as people and as citizens of the world. We like to say in the honors program that uh, our students are citizen scholars, and that's kind of what they um, want, what they aspire to. Okay, so when they get to the, uh, just, you know, the whole process, uh, do you have, ever have experience where a group starts a project and they get kind of ways into it and realizes, I don't know, this is the project for us. Maybe there's something better for us, or maybe there's a better approach. How often do you see something uh -huh. like that? All the time that yeah that that's actually a really important piece of this experience and it's one thing that I think um, faculty really understand because we understand that research you start you start research without knowing the answer a lot of times and we really view um, coming to a roadblock uh, not as a failure but as a way to understand how to turn a corner and go a different direction. And so I have seen many projects where we have a plan, we have a community partner, we have a purpose, and 
things just fall apart. And then, well, what do we do in research? We have to reassess needs, figure out how we're gonna solve that, and turn a corner and move in a different direction. I cannot think of a better way to prepare yourself for the workplace or for graduate school than these particular three-year experiences. Um, students are understandably concerned when things kind of fall apart, but then when they realize that they can put it back together and they have a story of how they worked through a difficult situation in a team, that plays very well in uh, interviews and job applications and things like that. Well, I'm just practical. Once you get into the real world working, that's going to happen over and over and over. So it's <laughs> experience it early and figure out how to, how to, to work through it, right? Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So this year we've had uh, five senior honor pro honors projects kind of wrapped up. And I will give a quick plug on the Loris Daily website. We are this, um, this week we're actually featuring every day um, a different project. So each all five projects are being shared out over the course of the week. You can find them on the, the daily site, which is daily.loras.edu. And each project is actually told from the student's perspective. They're sharing their stories about and uh, photos that they took and kind of their experience. And um, it's actually really fascinating to see kind of everything that they've gone through. So, and some of them um, seem to have gone more smoothly than others. And, you know, obviously a pandemic presents problems here and there too. So, um, but overall, it, I mean, they're really, they're really fascinating. I mean, what do you look back on, the, on this particular group? I mean, what's your impression of these five projects and these students? I, I, these projects um, are really representative of the excellent work that um, our students at Loris do holistically, but in particular in the honors program. And they also represent a good um, diversity of topics and ideas. I, um, this group of students has been very committed and engaged and they have been dealt um, a particularly difficult end to their projects and the way that they have negotiated that um, has been so impressive. And I, I really just wanna praise their um, ability to adapt in this circumstance. Um, the, I, I think, you know, there's been a lot of uh, projects over the past seven years that have focused on sustainability, but um, we have a couple of projects this year that have done a really great job engaging in different ways. The Chain Reaction Group, which has been focusing on uh, promoting uh, cycling and the use of bikes um, in relationship to sustainable um, transportation and efforts, but also just gauging what Loris College students want and need. And they've really been able to, they took surveys, they've led bike rides, they're bringing um, some uh, bike supplies like helmets and pump, uh, bike pumps and locks and things like that that students are gonna be able to check out from the library for years to come. So that's one example, I think, of a really great and energetic project that was mentored by Dr. Kevin Koch in the English department. And many people know Dr. Koch is an avid cyclist. And so that was a really good match for a mentor and group um, to, uh, to work together. And Another, that was, and that was uh, just one of it. So give them, that was Caroline Breitbach and Joseph Lyon, correct? Joey Lyon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. An English major and a math major. So that gives you a sense of, yep. Yeah, and then the um, 
the other um, sustainability uh, group that, and this was a faculty proposed topic, um, Dr. Aditi Sinha in the biology department proposed this project to work on replacing ash trees that were affected by the emerald ash borer. And um, so we have uh, three students, Gabe Smith and Jamie Engelke and Connor Haldmeyer, um, who worked on that particular project. They worked with Dubuque Trees Forever. They um, got a grant from Sustainable Dubuque and they replaced nine trees on the Loras College campus. And I have to say, it's really great to drive up Loras Boulevard and you see all of the trees right by the parking lot um, before the um, library and AWC. So it's, it's really neat to see that and they have left a legacy on campus. Um, they've also generated a, a really impressive brochure that they're distributing uh, to campgrounds and county parks and things like that to use to let people know about invasive species like that. So I, I just, I wanna affirm that work and, um, but, and that, that's an example of a faculty inspired project. Well, and, and I do know for having uh, been in contact with Jamie that I know they ran into their own challenges where, of course we had an early winter <laughs> where I know we were supposed to plant in late October for the start planting. And of course, there's inches of snow on the ground when typically there isn't. And now we've got to figure out, okay, when do they plant these, these trees? Yeah, and we, we ended up planting those trees in December and the tree farm. So they were, they were working with all sorts of people all the time. Um, uh, the student and the students were, you know, negotiating dates and times and communication and calling the local newspaper to get photographs and, and all of a sudden it's December. Yeah, we're gonna plant trees today. And I said, today? Okay, they assured us it was fine. And now we think, oh my gosh, thank goodness we did because um, we wouldn't have been able to do it now in the spring. Right. Um, yeah, and, but it is, it's really heartening to see that. That is also a good example of um, John McDermott, our head of facilities at Loris. He's worked with many of these projects to coordinate um, how these projects can help work within a master plan at Loris with facilities and locations of trees and things like that. So it's been, it's been really great to see a lot of that collaboration. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then I, I know another one of the, the projects kind of uh, facing challenges, I mean, is the uh, connecting the community project, uh, connecting the community. Right. Um, so yes, yeah, so Bridget and Emily and Laura, um, three really impressive students, they've been working with Dubuque Specialty Care um, uh, Assisted Living Nursing Facility in Dubuque that has been hit particularly hard by COVID. And uh, with the new COVID um, regulations initially, they were not allowed to continue to go and work with the residents there. They had been playing cards and um, you know, had formed relationships with many of the residents. And they've adapted now and they've um, been sending messages of hope to the uh, facility. And I think too, that's a, a good example of um, how these projects um, can demonstrate flexibility and compassion in um, a time where, uh, uh, you know, where a lot of us are faced with that kind of uncertainty, so. There, that, that project, I think, is um, it was exciting for me to see it go. It was the first of its kind of work with that particular portion of our population, and um, they did a really great job adapting to the needs of that care center. 
Yeah, and I, I know that it kind of feels like it's even still ongoing because now they're adapting to the current situation. How do they continue to maintain that that connection with despite right. social distancing and you know all the right. restrictions that we now face? So, right. Yeah. Yeah, and then the um, uh, the group do support which um, Molly McDuff and Grant Weideren, Logan Ben, and Elise Acampanato. They all um, have been working with Dr. Lynn Gallagher in um, the Lunch Learning Center to develop a platform that supports students and how they deal with stress and how what kinds of resources and um, support systems they need in order to not just transition to college, but sort of manage a lot of the um, pieces of pressure and um, uh, kind of understanding the role of um, academics. And this is not just for um, students that might have learning differences, but it's really for all students. And so they've, they've developed a platform for that and that's available on the Loris Library um, webpage now and they're distributing that to different um, places on campus that students can access those resources. And they spoke to the whole faculty um, earlier this semester. I'm always impressed when students can stand up to a room of 100 faculty and talk with such um, uh, poise and knowledge. That's a great example of how this program kind of shares knowledge in different ways. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and the last group is um, a group that works with um, Convivium Urban Farmstead. So this is the uh, Food Scholars Program. This uh, program is the first one, um, the first project I've seen in seven years that grew out of a first year seminar. So when the students came to Loris and they were in a first year seminar taught by Dr. Lisa Grindy on sustainability, a group of them connected with Convivium Urban Farmstead, which is um, a food uh, how, resource in Dubuque. It's also a coffee shop. It's an event space. They have educational opportunities, community gardens. They connected with them and they wanted to work with them on their honors project. And so that project literally grew out of that first year seminar, which is great to see. And um, then the partners at Convivium said, would you be willing to teach and support our Food Scholars um, cooking class program for kids? And so um, the students helped develop that. They also volunteered at Convivium. And they've also applied for um, grant money to help support Convivium in securing more supplies and appropriate kitchen utensils for children and things like that. So that's the... Um, uh, you know, sort of gist of their project. I, the other exciting thing about that project is it looks like there might be a sophomore project that's going to take it over. And that's a oh. first two where, a, where a sophomore group is going to now continue, continue the cycle of, um, of engagement with that particular community partner. No, oh, that's outstanding. Yeah. Kind of really see it take off and grow from there. So. Yeah, well, and it's kind of nice seeing it just in general that I mean, just just within five projects, kind of seeing the, the breadth of uh, content or, or kind of topics that they're covering, and and all of this is all stuff that just like their project doesn't end when they're when they wrap up. This is all stuff that kind of can can continue without them, you know, driving behind it, which is fantastic. Absolutely, I mean, over the last seven years, we've had thirty-five. 
projects launch in the Dubuque community and elsewhere. We even had a project working with Partners in Development in Haiti. But we've, um, we've definitely seen the impact that um, Laura's students have through this program. And I think that um, Loris is really strong on community engagement and service work. But um, the honors program offers a particularly focused, uh, you know, deep dive with academic research and um, experience in that way for students that is unreplicated in a lot of college honors programs. It's really unique. Well, and if anybody's interested, so prospective students are, are interested in taking part of the honors program, where can they find out information? Do they reach out to you? Is there a spot on our website? Where, 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 can they, where can they learn more? Yeah, they absolutely can reach, reach out to me, but I would encourage them to go to the Loris website to drop down to the academics uh, tab, and the first thing is honors, and just click on honors, and then there's a, a more information and an apply now uh, button, so you certainly can do that. Students could also email their admissions counselor or be in touch that way, but I'm happy to answer questions as well. Okay, so easy for them to find out more information and to apply and kind of get the ball rolling. Yes, absolutely. Okay, well, Erin Van Leningham, thank you so much for joining me and sharing your insights and kind of digging deep into the honors program. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, and uh, it's been great working with all of the students over the years, not just these, but I want to do a special shout out to those students, uh, in particular for the class of 2020. Yeah, it's kind of a unique year, but uh, yeah, they did some, they've done some great work. But thank you again, and, and thank you to all who listened into our discussion. Uh, be sure to visit the Loris Daily website to read up on the five senior honors projects we talked about today, and that's daily.loris.edu. And while you're there, you'll find news, features, and podcasts from across Loris. So be sure to check it out. We hope you'll join us for the next Dewhawk Digest. And until next time, take care of yourselves and each other. And go Dewhawks.